Hey there, uh, Cave Comedy Radio fans. Um, you're about to listen to uh, sex and other human activities. Um, my name is Bunky Houseman, and um, I wrote in and uh, got some advice from Jackie Marcus, and at first I thought it was great, and then um, I fucking lost everything. Um, so if you could uh, just know that their advice is for entertainment purposes only, you know, I lost my family, I lost my house. And, um, I lost my career, uh, which was hard to do. I was a professional gambler. I thought that would be a thing that they could help me do, and they did. Um, so if you have any questions or advice you need, just make sure you email cavecomingradio at gmail.com, ask for Marcus or Jackie, and, um, or maybe just say hello to Henry from last podcast on the list, because he needs, he needs your, your attention. He needs your affection. Um, so thank you, and enjoy sex and other human activities. Welcome to Sex and Other Human Activities. I'm Marcus Parks. I'm Jackie Zabrowski. How are you today, Jackie? I'm doing all right. How's my voice sounding? It sounds wonderful. I'm being too loud, Marcus. <laughs> it's really hard. I know, you know, we're going to jump into jump into shit today, but I just want to say that it's pretty hard for someone twice a week to tell you, hey, you know the way you've been speaking your entire life? You're not supposed to speak that way. And you're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but help me You have to help me I'm being too loud I'm being too loud all the time you're really I am not, loud You're not even really that loud And this, and she kept showing me the different like, levels of like You talk like this Normal people talk like this I hate like, that shit I just, you're right, you're right Normal people do talk that way I just, <laughs> have you met my family? I'm not the only one <laughs> Yeah you know, people have told me that all the, my entire life that I have just the loudest fucking voice in the world. And I understand that. That's fine. They say my voice carries and bounces off walls and shit. They're like, you should learn how to speak quieter. I'm like, what are you fucking Why? talking about? No, I'm not going to learn how to speak. I can't speak. Am I supposed to talk like this? That's like the a, thing. I'm two points. She's like, you can still emote when you're talking like that. I was like, I can't. No. I'm unable to. Of course, then she tells me that I'm just openly trying to not change which is something i've heard in the past <laughs> so i guess i need to just open up my mind i need to open up my mind and say yes i can change happy middle ground it sucks so i mean it's just as bad as anything else yeah. anytime someone tells you, you can't do something you're just like but that's what i do that's like my thing <laughs> Anyway, all the hullabaloo. All, all the hullabaloo. You know, I actually I found something this week. You know, someone asked uh, on the last episode about uh, social anxiety and dealing with that and how to deal with like not getting embarrassed in public and not freaking out about things so much. And I was talking about it in therapy. My therapist gave me a fucking great thing. To, I, it ju- I just remember this. Gave me a great thing uh, to keep in mind. Like, ask yourself. What do I want to lead with in my head? Like, what emotion do I want to lead with? What, uh, I guess, attitude do I want to lead with in life rather than reacting to things? Which I'm also, like, I'm very, like, reactive. I'm not a proactive person. I'm a reactive person. Interesting. I react to outside influences, to people, all that. Like, so, and I'm not leading with anything. It's more just kind of like this empty feeling just waiting it's like i'm waiting for someone to give me an emotion right and rather than waiting for someone to give you an emotion or rather than waiting for someone to give you a feeling 
lead with your own feeling. Like, yeah, lead rather with than some- being a blank canvas for someone to splatter yeah. their paint on, come in fucking painting already. Yeah, I'm a fucking painted wall, man. Hell yeah, man. I, You're a mural, baby. I'm a mural of bones. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a really good idea, though. Especially, like, again, that's proactive. That's something, like, you are able to make a choice. You are yeah. able to change that, you know, and it's it's a good thing. Yeah, and it's really helped me out this week. Because I, I talked about the social anxiety thing in therapy and all that. And I, yeah, and I definitely wanted to, like, I think that's a better thing. Uh, to think about for the person who wrote in last week about social anxiety and all that. And I've been trying it this entire week, and it's been fantastic. Uh, it's been great. Other people haven't been affecting me as much. I'm not as sensitive. I'm not as, uh, I guess, miserable. Like, I'm not letting other people affect me at all because I'm leading with something. I'm not, like, I'm not waiting to be led. I'm fucking leading. Hell yeah. And, I, and I'm, like, waking up. And, and that's, like, the whole reset button thing. Did never really like. I tried it, but it didn't really work for me. Right. Like, it did. I don't know why. It just did never work for me. So now I wake up and I ask myself, what do I want to lead with today? Like, what what do I need? What tools do I need to pull out uh, in order to get through this day uh, and to get through it a happy and healthy person? And it's been fucking awesome. Uh, it's really it's changed a lot of things. Uh, so I would give the people out there. I, I give you guys think about that. Think about leading with something, especially if you're super sensitive, or uh, like I am, or like we are. Yes. Uh, if you're a super sensitive person, or if you're just uh, socially anxious or anything like that, find out what you want to lead with, man. Hell yeah. Yeah. Use your tools. All right, well, let's get to the letters, though. We got, man, we got some people have been writing in so much lately. We want to thank you guys so thank much. Thank you so much. Like, we, we're, we I mean, how we're not even going to be able to get to all of the letters that we've gotten today, but we'll definitely get to them, you know, next week and all of that. So it might take a little bit to answer your questions, but if you have any questions or comments whatsoever, write to us at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com, and we will get to them as soon as we possibly can. But, yeah, you guys are fucking awesome. Yeah, thank you. All right, so this uh, this first girl, we promised that we'd get to her uh, on the last episode, so we're going to start off with her on this one. She's an Irish girl. What should we call her? Mm. Morgan. Morgan the Irish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, dear Marcus and Jackie, I am an 18-year-old Irish girl who wouldn't like her real name to be used, please. No problem, Morgan. (laughs) (laughs) Who has listened to you from the very start as well as listening to last podcast on the left. I love both shows and think they're amazing. Thank you very much. Anyway, I have a problem that I need help with. When I was 14 and in my third year of secondary school... Uh, I met a boy who was four years older than me and in his first year of college. So Young he was 18. 18. Yeah, okay. date, 18, dating a 14-year-old. All right. <sighs> I met a boy who was four years older than me in his first year in college. Young and innocent as I was, we started dating, and he was my first kiss. I lost my virginity to him, et cetera, et cetera. Needless to say, I was fully aware my parents wouldn't be too impressed by this situation, and my predictions came true when, aged 15, it emerged that the guy who had been giving Irish grinds... I think you call it like tutoring or something uh, for a year. I guess grinds given. See, to me, that given sounded a, sexual. Like Irish grinds. Yeah. That sounds disgusting. That or like shoving a beer bottle up someone's <laughs> pussy. 
<laughs> sure. And then, bre- and then breaking it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Irish grinds. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he gave me the Irish grind. <laughs> that asshole. <laughs> well, she'd been giving him, uh, or he'd been giving her the Irish grinds for a year, and he was actually her boyfriend. They screamed, they shouted, they stamped their feet, and were generally unhappy. We stayed together anyway for about two more years, and I was very much in love and happy. However, we broke at, broke up in the September of my first year in college when I was 17. This is about nine months ago. We broke up after I found out that he had been sleeping with my apparent best friend for the past year of our relationship. Of course, I was devastated. There were lots of tears and hugs and ice cream, and my mom even managed to hold back the temptation to say, I told you so. Hell yeah. Life goes on as it does even when you're heartbroken, and I started getting over it, and he started getting under other people. He then started seeing this girl, and even though he has a girlfriend and I was extremely angry about the situation, we still talked and hung out sometimes, which, although stupid, helped me a lot through my first year of college. Then one night, I had just finished my exams and was extremely drunk, and I decide, of course, that I should ring him and tell him I love him. I do this, and surprise, surprise, he says it back. We talk a bit. I don't know about what, as I can't remember the conversation. <laughs> oh. uh, well, God. Yeah. We've all been there. Yeah, we've definitely all been there. Until the next day when, and that's that, until the next day when he rings me, tells me he's broken up with his girlfriend and wants to get back together. Although I haven't painted a great picture of him in this email, I do really believe he has changed. He helped me through a lot of hard times this year and always remained faithful to his girlfriend. Despite this, all my friends are telling me not to go near him again. What do I do? Do I follow my heart and take the risk? Or do I stay safe and wonder what could have been? Thanks for the show. Morgan. I, you know, it's a rough situation. I feel like a lot of times you're like, oh, he's changed. And very well, he may have changed. Maybe. You never know. Let's throw it in there. It's only been nine months since this happened. There's can only be so much change in nine months. Very little, I'd say. Especially <laughs> if he was, he seemed to have gone from, you. he was with you for three years. He was banging your friend. For he a year made, of that. For, and then he immediately started seeing someone else and seeing other people while still talking to you and meeting up with you, which you're right. That didn't paint a very good picture of him. But it sounds like he he needs some time to figure out what's going on in his head. Yeah. If he's going to make that rash decision to just break up with this girl and be like, no, I love you. I want to get back together with you. And that, by the way, that's after a drunken conversation. Drunken, exactly. Like, even even if you were sincere, which it sounds like you were, but even if you were sincere, like I, I know if an ex-girlfriend called me up and told me how much she loved me and all that, and she was obviously wasted, which if you're wasted enough to not remember the conversation, then you're, you're wasted. obviously wasted. Uh, and then he goes and breaks up with his girlfriend the very next next day that's some rash decision making man that's it's not, unstable that's very unstable and it's not good like, it's just it's not a good sign because you can't trust him and like that's exactly like you couldn't trust him before and something like that it's like so then what if you guys get back together and then the girl that he just broke up with calls him one night and tells him all this shit about how he's the best and he's the one for her and then he just fucking turns around and breaks up with you he doesn't seem like he he doesn't seem like he knows what he wants, which means he shouldn't get any of it. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. And I think it also it's and there's just there's something to be said about 18-year-old dudes who date 14-year-old girls. 
Yeah. I mean, if you're a 24 year old guy and you're dating a 20 year old girl, that or a 22 year old guy dating an 18 year old girl, that's totally, totally different. It really is. But you guys are in completely different stages of your life, and that's like a power thing. And that's a big. The difference between fourteen and eighteen is mentally is I huge. Mean, it's just especially now you understand as you say well, you're seventeen. Well, that was nine months ago, so maybe you're you're almost eighteen now. You understand the difference from where your head was at when you guys met from where you are now. And like, would you date an eight, Would you date a fourteen year old? Yeah. And that does say something that like. He either, hopefully not, I'm not saying that he was, but he was at college. He was gone. You don't know what he was doing that entire time. People are insane their first year of college because it's that newfound freedom. So you had this, like, he had you that he had in his back pocket of someone that I'm not saying he didn't really care for you. He probably did, but that's a weird age jump. It's a rough one. Yeah. And just, I mean, the biggest thing to me is that he was fucking your friend for a year. That. Like, an entire year. It wasn't just once. It wasn't just twice. I mean, I'm talking, I mean, over a year, if you're fucking someone else over a year, I'm going to say at least 30 times. Yes. At least. Maybe they weren't fucking every single week, but, you know, let's say 20 to 30 times. That's It's different than lot. one or two screw up. Like, that is... That is almost completely a separate relationship. It is a separate relationship. Uh, And that is not something that you should take lightly. He didn't just cheat on you once. Not that I'm saying that that is ever okay. Mm -mm. I am completely against cheating. But, you know, people can change from things like that. That is a big turnaround from a year, like, while he's simultaneously dating you. You know, it's just... That's just a different mindset that, girl, I don't think you need that in your life. Mm-mm. There are other people out there. And I know right now it probably seems that he's the one for you and he's the one that you want. But, man, he sounds like a piece of shit. Yeah. I'm going to throw it out there. <laughs> I know that maybe he's got some some good qualities, but your friends are saying it too, and they know him better than we know him. Mm. He's a piece of shit, man. Yeah, man. Get away from him. You're in college. Get rid of him. Go Fuck whoever you want. <laughs> Not, you know, be careful. Be, be safe. Be careful. You know, like, but it's, this is the time. You've been in a relationship for such a long time by someone that, like, owned you, basically, just because he's so much older than you. He's so much, he has, you know, from your perspective, so much more knowledge than you have as well, where it's like, you need to learn shit for yourself now. Yeah. And, like, this is the most exciting time to do it. Yeah, go out and kiss some Blarney Stones, man. Yeah! Nom, nom, nom. And, man, God, drinking age is 18. Yeah. Oh, God, I think, <laughs> I, you know, I, <laughs> I know people say in America it should be changed to 18, but I'm going to go ahead and say... I'm happy it's not. Yeah, I'm happy it's not, too. I don't <laughs> want to deal with a bunch of 18-year-olds in a bar. No. Also, I just can't imagine if it was legal, the damage I would have done. I mean, I had a bar that I was able to convince that I was 21 when I was 19. You have such a baby face, though. Well, I mean, I was sleeping with one of the waitresses, and you're she helped. Bad. Yeah, I'm real bad. See, that's what you're supposed to be doing when you're 19 years old. <laughs> yeah, you're supposed to be banging waitresses and sneaking your way into club or into <laughs> bars. <laughs> Which, no, that's not true. We're just kidding. <laughs> I just, I, mean, I think you need to go live, girl. Yeah. I don't think you need this piece of shit. I think he's going to, he's just going to do it to you again. Mm-hmm. That's just, just like, it, it's. 
either. And you're in, not going to marry this dude. No. I mean, you're not going to marry him. You're not going to. It's not going to get any more serious than what it is right now. Especially so, started cheating you on you only two years in. It's like there's a lot of life left. Yeah. You know, for bad things to happen. It's like it takes work. And it sounds like he's a fucking pussy. Yeah. That's a goddamn truth right there, yeah. Oh, yeah, Just, girl. Go get yourself. Go. You do you. <laughs> you do you. Go get you some. Hell, yeah. Some knowledge <laughs> of the world. All right, next question. Dear Marcus and Jackie, call me Magenta, Riff Raff, Dr. Frank, Columbia, Dr. Scott, Brad, Janet, Rocky, Eddie, Ralph, or Betty. Get a Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I got so, yeah. it from Magenta. I yeah, yeah, let's say. <laughs> So, yeah, let's just go with Rocky. Uh, I am an adolescent, and Marcus, I am an adolescent with and diagnosed with bipolar disorder about a year ago. I'm not on medication because I did not enjoy the side effects. I was in therapy for a bit, but my therapist said that I didn't need therapy anymore. Do you have any tips as to how to get through being a bipolar adolescent? Pause. Your therapist told you you didn't need therapy anymore. <laughs> I just read that. I know this question was more directed at you, uh-huh. but if we could, when I read that, I was like, "What fucking therapist were you seeing?" I don't know. What do man. you mean you don't need therapy anymore? Everyone needs therapy. Yeah, everyone needs therapy. You're Everybody's got something that they need to get off their chest. It never stops. And also, that makes you feel like, "Oh, you're right. I'm just, yeah, I'm fine. I don't have anything." Especially, like, you need to talk to someone. You yeah. need yes. You, you need to. therapy. Yeah, <laughs> I need therapy. Marcus needs therapy. Yeah, anyone you meet on the street needs therapy. Yes, especially if you've been diagnosed with bipolar disorder as an adolescent, yeah. because all that's going to make you do is go insane if you have no one to talk to. That's by that's not biased. That's crazy. I'm sorry. Continue. <laughs> it's just that's insane. You you need to find another therapist. Yeah, you definitely. That's step one. Yeah, step one. <laughs> Do you have any tips as how to get through being a bipolar adolescent, especially on how to notice manic periods and handle them in a manner that doesn't involve purchasing $200 worth of drugs in an afternoon? Jackie, would you please give me tips on how to manage those extraordinary depre- extraordinary depressing periods as well as the flashes of anger? I know that you're not bipolar, but from what I understand, you would have some knowledge on the matter of Rocky. 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 Uh, well, I tell you what, man. it's ta- it, I wasn't... Uh, I wasn't diagnosed with bipolar until I was 22, 22, 23. Uh, and really, I didn't start exhibiting symptoms of bipolar disorder until I was probably, I'd say, 19 or 20. And I had no idea what it was for the longest time. Uh, I think when I, w- looking back, recognizing my manic periods, is if your thoughts are racing so fast that you can't understand what they are and if you're only if you're working off of action and instinct alone then you are in a manic period or you're about to be in a manic period if you're not thinking about your actions and thinking about how they affect other people how they're going to affect your life then you're going into a manic episode i mean essentially the way i could put it, a manic episode you're essentially an animal like you're running off of uh base instinct you're running off of immediate pleasure and you're not te- you're not living life about the, the way future. yeah you're not thinking about the future at all and then a lot of times i didn't even recognize like i didn't recognize anything was wrong until it was too late by too late i mean 
the consequences of my actions while I was manic started to roll in, that's when the depressive period started. Yeah. Uh, for me, it was, you know, when I went manic, that was big. I mean, just drunk periods, like, you know, just drinking. So just getting wasted five as much as I possibly could. Uh, just fucking alcohol, weed, cocaine. Because yeah, it's all ecstasy. about immediately, you know, immediate happiness. Yeah. And just fucking and going for it all the time. Uh, I would say, like, if you start feeling like an animal and just start feeling like, like I don't care about anything. Uh, and also manic doesn't necessarily mean happy. Right. Like, you, you can be manic and not even really depressed, I'd say, but you can be manic and angry. Uh, you can be manic and just generally flat and mean. Uh, I find that manic can equal mean. Like, I get mean when I'm manic. To, and I will be mean to the people that I love the most. And I'll be mean to the people who deserve it the least. Um, That's the worst part. It's usually I find myself when I, you know, exactly. I, I identify with more manic in angry terms that, like, you – I never show it or hurt people that I don't know very well. Yeah. I feel like it's something that oh, of course you know I'm they don't even people I don't know very well right I want to make new friends right you know like that's that's all I want to do I want to meet everyone I want to be best friends I want to meet you and be best friends with you and get wasted with you uh, and also with girls like I want to meet you I want to fall in love with you I want to spend the rest of my life with you uh, until I don't want to anymore. but that's why it's so important to to be to openly talk about these episodes with your family, with your friends, with people that love and know you so that they are aware of what's going on because I think that's the biggest downfall of those periods in your life is that you just push everyone you love away. Yeah. And if it's something that's like, that's something that you can deal with all stages of bipolar disorder is openly talking about it so that no, you're not necessarily going to listen to someone, you know, like I talked about last week when I'm in a manic rage and, you know, I'm told to calm down. Of course, that's not what I want to hear at that moment in time. But I have developed that relationship where he told me to calm down, left me alone for 25 minutes, let me come to him and let me apologize because I, he is aware of what I'm going through because I've talked to him about it before mm -hmm. ad nauseum. He knows exactly and you were better able to articulate it to when you're not in that moment, obviously, yeah. of how to help deal with that. And I feel like having people around you, exactly what you're saying, like you're an animal. <laughs> no. And since you're not able to control it, especially if you're not on a medication, you need wranglers. And that's the easiest way to deal with it with yourself. Um, is knowing that there are people that you can talk to that even if they can't help you right immediately, you know that they know how to fucking put that gate yeah. around your raging bull. You know what I mean? And, like, get you back to where you need because that's how you get lost is when no one's there to fucking keep you tethered. You get lost. Yeah. You know, and then you wake up and you're alone because you haven't dealt with it because you don't want to. Yeah, bipolar disorder is definitely the one illness, I think, out of all of them that will leave you alone faster than any of the rest of them. And you just don't understand why. Yeah, 
And you're depressed. That's the worst part because then that's yeah. the depression. And then you get angry at them. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's like that's – it's just such a such a hard cycle to deal with. That's why you do need therapy. Yeah, you do. You, you cannot – I do not – know if there is a bipolar person out there especially especially if you're that young that can do it without therapy or uh medication because that's how you you learn how to communicate you can do it i mean of course you can do it of course you can do it living with bipolar disorder from the beginning of fucking brains getting hooked up uh but it's gonna make life a lot harder uh there's you're gonna have a lot more bumps in the road and you're yeah, I mean, shit. Th- you may not be able to accomplish things that you would have accomplished if you would have had help. If I wouldn't have gotten help with what I have, I might be dead right now. I mean, that's a fucking. That is a fact. I might be it's scary. I might be. You know, I could also be in Lubbock, uh, in fucking Lubbock, Texas, working some shitty job that I do not want to work. I mean, hell, I might be writing copy for a fucking small ass advertising agency in Lubbock and that's my job that's what I do and I never would have come up to New York I never would have met all these amazing people and that I work and love with or love and work with <laughs> work and love with <laughs> uh, that I love and work with uh, up here like just I never would have done all this and I wouldn't be talking to you right now you wouldn't be hearing my voice right now uh, so getting help allows you to more clearly see your path in life and if you're starting to get manic, it depends on what kind of manic you have. If you have like happy manic like I have, um, if I start feeling really, really fucking good, it kind of sucks because I'm not able to just go with emotions as much as some people can. Just like go with it and just follow a feeling. I have to check myself. I have to think, all right, okay, I'm feeling fucking great. Am I manic right now? Why? Am I feeling great because life is going good and because this like this is a normal uh, emotion that anyone could have? Like, is this just life happy or is this chemical happy? Is this dangerous happy? Right. And that's what I've got to ask myself a lot. Like, is this is are my feelings right now dangerous to myself or other people? No, I actually had a you know it. I do. That's exactly how I deal with my anger as well. Like, but you know, mine's more, of course, a flash. But it is, it's that talking. It's that checking in with yourself. I've said that before, where it's like, you know, why always ask you any kind of erratic feeling that you have, no matter whether it's positive or negative. Ask yourself why. You know, the other day I was, I felt bad about myself because I punched some dude that was trying to get into the cab with me after a murder fish show because he was trying to fuck me and he tried to get into the cab and then I punched him in the face. <laughs> I did not care about that. Yeah, and I I afterwards and I I made him start to bleed and I kicked him out of the car and I immediately started to go home and I burst into tears because it was like why did I do that why act like an animal and then I was like no that was okay yeah that's okay for me to act that way like completely because like I am so used to blaming myself of like why did I react so crazily and it's like it's so very rare Mm -hmm. that something actually and it's like so when (laughs) I drop it's like I get that same amount of angry when I drop pears on the floor as I do when (laughs) someone's trying to rape me in the back of a cab you know it's like so it's it's terrifying, but it is that check-in with the self where I was like, no, 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 I'm right. I'm okay. Yeah. It's okay. 
and it's just like it's insane what your brain can do yeah and it's all chemicals that's yeah. why medication and therapy work it's just to like identify and talk to yourself and be like hey what's up what's going yeah. on inside <laughs> you know yeah I mean, to purchase, and as far as the medication go, I mean, you didn't enjoy the side effects. You know, if you, I mean, ask yourself, did you only try one medication? Mm-hmm. Um, because there are a lot of different drugs that treat bipolar disorder. Uh, so if you only tried one and didn't, and you didn't like the uh, side effects on that one, try some of the other ones because bipolar disorder is, it's very tough to handle on your own. Uh, and it can be done. And that, by the way, medication is, I, I think, therapy, if you have a uh, a mental illness, therapy is, I mean, should almost be mandatory Yeah. to be able to, to deal with it. Medication, that's up to you. I really do believe that medication for some mental illnesses, maybe not schizophrenia, well, but yeah. something like bipolar or depression or anxiety or something like that, you know, you have to ask yourself... Do you want to take medication or not? If you don't want to, if you want to just try therapy, that's fine. I choose to take medication. Like I, I choose it because I know I, I believe that I need it. You know, I, I think that I'm the type of person and the type of personality that needs it. Uh, I don't think that I'm weak because of it. No. And I don't think anyone should think that they're weak because of medication. Some people just don't like the side effects. Some people just can't afford it. You know, and that's everyone. Everyone is different and everyone should make their own choices regarding that. But you can't just sit there and do nothing. Right. Like you can't just try to figure this shit out on your own. If you have a serious diagnosed mental illness, you either have to do therapy, medication uh, or both. Mm, yes. That's that's just uh, I think that is a fact of living. You live in the fucking you live in 2013. It is a hard fucking world to live in, and it is a complicated world to live in, and you got to be sharp. If you want to make something of yourself in this day and age, you got to be fucking sharp. And if you have a mental illness, we've got handicaps. You know, and that's, you know, part of the way it's, you know, I've, I've, I've said it before is that, you know, our illness doesn't define us, but it definitely informs us. It informs our personalities and informs who we are and we wouldn't be the people that we are if we didn't have this illness. Exactly. If I didn't have bipolar disorder, I wouldn't be me. I would be a completely different person. Uh, And I'm thankful for that because I like who I am. Uh, Who I am has gotten me where I am today and around the people that I'm around. So just remember that, you know, you don't have, you know, there's nothing to be ashamed of. And also you are able, you are allowed to like yourself. Yeah. Even you're, if you're crazy. <laughs> yeah. If you, even if you are crazy, you're allowed to like yourself. And in fact, I think it, it is mandatory. You have to like yourself if you're going to get better. And if you're going to live uh, a happy life, and I, I don't want to use the term normal uh, because you know, there is no such thing as a normal life. There's no, no such thing, especially, you know, I think people with, with bipolar, it, it's stability. We, it's just it's stability. Just, yeah, exactly. And so you need to have some sort of stability uh, in your life. Uh, if I don't know if you want to make it in this world, you have you have to do it. It's just it's just a fact. Good luck, man. Hell yeah. Rocky. <laughs> 
Okay. Okay. All right. Our last letter from the day for the day. This one's from Bill. Hey, Bill. Hi, Bill. It's my dad's name. That's great. <laughs> I was going to say it's my dad's name, but it's not my dad's name. I don't know why I immediately wanted to say that. It's your boyfriend's dad's name. Yeah, but then that's creepy. And then <laughs> unveils so many other things that I don't even want to think about. So let's just say it's Marcus's dad's name. <laughs> so he gets right into it. He says, what is happening is I've recently hooked up with my best friend, which made me very happy, but she's 12 years older than me and has a 10-year-old kid, which wouldn't be an issue for this 18-year-old if she wasn't also still in love with the man who kept her addicted to meth for 15 years, and even better, her husband, who used to beat her daily now, while this is terrible and hurt me. Okay, it's, his grammar isn't the best, but stay with us. She also is still my best friend. Since she got with me, she quit drinking. But I myself have been taking Oxycontin recreationally since I was 14. I've been clean a year now, and I'm struggling with seeing this woman all the time and not using. We never actually slept together. I'm virgin, and she isn't. Well, I mean, she's got a kid. Yeah. And she did not want to hurt me, but I do feel betrayed since she let me believe she felt for me. What should I do? I do not want to abandon this woman. She is my best friend, but seeing her all the time hurts me deep. Please help. Being around anyone that makes you use again after you've been successful is not worth it. Never. Not for doesn't a, matter not how for close. Anything. It doesn't matter. You know, they're, uh, I've said this as well. It's like toxic people and you feel, yes, of course you love her. And you, of course you don't want to just cut her loose. Besides all of the other Things that she's just playing with you, man. Like, she is specifically using you because you're probably the only person in her life that actually likes her for the person that she is underneath. Yeah, that's true. I mean, she's using you. Yes, because you are the only, like, real person. And then you start using again. And then you're not real anymore. Then she throws you away. Seems to be what's kind of happening here. Yeah. And she's just using you for... Some kind of emotional, you know, it's like she's like she's addicted to your actual emotions because when you're using Uh, meth, like you don't feel correctly, you know, you don't really feel anything at all. Yeah, it's just a zoom. It's almost like old people wanting to be around babies, you know, <laughs> so they can like suck in their youth and their innocence and what and the the life that they have left, you know, that they have so much to live for. And it's like, that's kind of what you have. And she's got she's fucked up. She's 30. She's got a 10 year old son. And you're not you know, that's the thing is that this woman is so fucked up. Nothing's going to happen. There's a, I mean, no matter what kind of fantasies you've built up in your head about you and this woman none of it is ever going to happen and it shouldn't like the i'm sure the fantasies that you built up in your head are best case scenario fantasies where you you both get off drugs you become a kind of father to her son uh her the other two men in her life go away and you don't have to worry about them anymore and you live happily ever after that's not going to happen no that that absolutely is not going to happen. I mean, she's, I mean, she's, she was addicted to meth for fifteen years. She she's is permanently damaged, even if she completely gets clean. Even if she completely gets clean, exactly. She's emotionally damaged. 
you can't do meth for four, 15 years. And have the shit beaten out of you by your husband. Yeah. And also be raising a child in that environment as well. That's abhorrible. That's terrible. For If someone is, I mean, I don't want to be too extremely judgmental because I don't know these people. Yo, you don't. I don't, I don't, I feel I don't like know these people. I don't know their lives. But if, you know, she was addicted to meth for 15 years, she's 30, year, 30 years old, and her child is 10. I am not one. I feel like I don't want to be openly judgmental. But when you bring a child into that situation, I think that we are allowed to be openly judgmental. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think it's okay, <laughs> and I think that you need to, Bill. You need to realize that. Though, is that the person that you're in love with that would put their child in danger? Because that child has always been in danger, and she probably always will be. And hopefully she could crawl her way out of the environment that she grew up in. But that is where the cycle is it's that's hard thing to get away from when you grew up in that and then it's just another person that is it's like well that's where i grew up and i'm not any better than them so i might as well you know Mm. i mean there's and the thing is you sound like a good person yeah you obviously care about this woman you care about the kid and you're you know, attracted to her for some, I mean, she sounds like she might have a real charismatic personality. I've known, I, I knew older women when I was younger around that age that were kind of the same way, hot. You know, like you hot, but completely irreparably fucked up. Well, especially when you're 18, you have these exactly, you said the grand ideas of like, I can take you away from all of this. Yeah, I can save you. And you can't. She can only save herself. She like, can, it, exactly. She's the only one who can save her. You can't do it. I would say, let her. You know, it's like if she would go to rehab, if she could clean herself up, if she could, you know, if she does those things for herself. Because again, dragging someone to rehab doesn't work. No. Dragging someone, you know, it's like making someone do that is not going to work. Mm-hmm. Especially if she sees you as a toy. That it seems like she's playing with you, man, and um. like. I would say if you were the father of her child, definitely try to get custody, get the child out of there. But you have no course of action. Mm -mm. And I feel like for you, for your betterment and for you to stay clean, you got to let it go. Yeah, man. I mean, if you're. Because that's what matters most. You got to stay clean. If you're in the oxy. Fuck, dude. That's a shitty road, man. You know how many people die from that. Like more people die from oxy than and just prescription drugs than any other. Drug. I've known two people died specifically from oxy. I mean, you've had some experience in this. You know, you had. Uh, I mean, you used to have a s- bit of a speed problem. Oh yeah, and you had to get away from those people. Yes, that was a thing. And then like, I've dealt with friends in the past. It's like, oh, but my boyfriend and oh, you know, it's like, yes, you're in that. But yeah, I lost friends. Yeah, and I he, but I had to choose. It was either me or this weird, warped world that I was living in that I thought that this was okay. Yeah. And that I thought that, like, yeah, I had my manager of the deli I worked at that he had a wife and three kids and he would come over and just get, like, sped out of his fucking mind and stay up with us all night long. And it's like, what is his family thinking? Where is he? Yeah. And I'm hanging out with all these people that are just... That have lived in Tallahassee their entire life. Not that that's a bad thing, but it's like, but they are so addicted and it's like that their world is the drug and it is a hard thing to recognize. Yeah. And like you've already gone, like Bill, you've already 
been clean for a while. You've or like that's the hardest part is knowing that you're worth it mm-hmm. to get off of the shit. And for you to slowly go down because that is a fucking that is a steep hill. The second, <sighs> man. The se- like I you know, about a year ago, you know, it's like every once in a while I'll take an Adderall. You give me more than one, I will take all of them. I'll take as many as you give me. And it's like that is something that – and I've been off of them for years, and I'm still the same way. I can't be – like I will take all of them. Yeah, just can't be around speedy stuff. I just can't do it. You know, it's like it's hard enough even just with energy drinks. But it, like you you did the hard part, man. Mm-hmm. And you say she's your best friend, you know, like, you know, I understand that, you know, you're really close to the woman. You say you don't want to abandon her, uh, but it's not your job. Like, It's really not your job to uh, take care of this woman and you have to get away. And also that's part of the thing is that in letting some of those people go, which it will become an issue, is that you can't feel guilty, though. No. Because you can't do anything for them. They don't want your help. And that's a hard part, too, is going back after becoming clean and being like, come with me. Like, it's so much better on this side. And they don't want your fucking help. And then you realize they look at you, you know, look at her in the eye. And when she looks at you with those dead, unemotional eyes, she doesn't love you, man. And she never will be able to until she kicks that shit. Yeah. So that's our advice, kid. Get the fuck out. I think you can do it, man. Be stronger than that. Fuck yeah. All right. That's it. That's all we got for this week. Uh, Next week, we're going to be getting the letters from, let's see here, Jimmy, JC, and uh, another letter from uh, our friend uh, Elizabeth, the wonderful mother. Hell yeah, man. The superhero. Fucking superhero Wonder Woman, who her problem is actually fairly similar to uh, our man Bill here. Uh, except it has to do with family. And it's it's a bit of a doozy, but we'll get to that one next week. And if you have any questions, give us a give us an email over at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com, and we'll uh, get to you soon. Hell yeah. Thank you guys so much for writing in. Later, kids. Bye.